wheels make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois, the final today, 41 to 10 in the Meadowlands. Bills over the Jets. It's an intimate session today. Just the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton and myself. Exciting indeed. Yes, sirree. And I am Lars. This is the largest margin of victory for the Buffalo Bills in the Sean McDermott era. And the uh, largest margin of victory uh, prior to today was 20 points over a year ago and 21 points in September uh, earlier this year. Can we just say that we found a team that's actually worse than the Bills? <laughs> uh, it sure looked like it today because they were bad on both sides of the balls. Today's episode brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Use that promo code BEERS to do all your betting online. Find us. Just search for Bills and Beers on iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, Facebook, all of the aforementioned cast. Let's not waste any more time. We had a fun Sunday afternoon for a change. Scored some points. Woo! The Matt Barkley era has begun. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, let's break it down, girl. Come on, come on, come on and shout. Very refreshing to get to watch some entertaining football for a change today. Bills got out in front of this one early. It was a quick strike on the very first drive down the field to Reuben Foster. Narrowly missed Cass having two receivers over 100 yards for the first time in a long time today. Had the tweet queued up. But no matter, we won. We took it to a division foe. Probably by the time you're hearing this, Todd Bowles will no longer be their yeah. coach. Tough to say at this point. But it wasn't all pretty. We'll get back to all the things that made this a wonderful game to watch. But for now, Cass, who is your Jenny Cremel bummer of the contest? You know, that's hard because I feel like we had a pretty good play on both sides of the ball. Um, but I'm going to take the easy one. I feel like we pick on him every single week, but Kelvin Benjamin. Oh, yeah. Just non-existent. Is he the Peterman of wide receivers? He had the ball again in the end zone, coming down to the ground, and he just fumbles it himself. I mean, he drops it himself. No, it was, yeah. He's just terrible. God. And, and the thing is, is it was clear after that, they didn't go back to him. Is he that was, true? I mean, they said it was targeted three times. I think it was three times in the first quarter. Like, I, as soon as he dropped that, I don't, he was not part of the game plan from there on out. Look, I go back to the point that I made last week when we were talking to Jeff. This is not, this is bad for the team to have dead weight out there. It's worse for him. He is in a contract year. Yeah. He is going to be, whatever deal he signs next year is going to be a one year prove it. No team's going to commit to him long term. And if he can't get his act turned around, he's probably going to be out of the league soon. But, hey, maybe he will, maybe he won't. Who cares? It just sucks. I mean, the guy's got some pretty God-given talent. You know, good height, fairly athletic, you know, good hand-eye coordination. But he, he just doesn't seem to have the heart to want to do anything with that, which just, which just sucks because I feel like, you know, players running around out there like Zay Jones really putting every single effort forward. And we'll, we'll get back to him later. Yeah. So it's hard to give the Jenny Cream Ale to one of the players who was out there in a 41 to 10 effort on the road with a quarterback who just showed up 11 days ago. It's hard to say who played poorly today. So I think that the Jenny Cream Ale bummers of today's game are the players who didn't play. And yeah. that's uh, Philip Gaines, that's Charles Clay, Nate Peterman, Derek Anderson, to a certain extent, Josh Allen. Uh, we were talking through a lot of the second half cast about what, what was different about today. Obvi the obvious answer, of course, is Matt Barkley. We got that tiny little guy from Denver. Isaiah McKenzie yeah. is out, out there making plays all over the field. Yeah, no Chris Ivory, and our running game even looked better. Robert Foster uh, brought up today from the or earlier this week from the, from the practice squad. Zay Jones was looking good, so... There was a lot of there was a lot of change prior to today's game. Tremaine Edmonds back, but I think that I think some of the uh, the, the the bigger positive gains we made were uh, the you know what they always say addition by subtraction. Yep. We got uh, a lousy quarterback out of the lineup, and hey hey Cassie, who knows? You know, maybe there was a reason for ten years on this podcast where we said it's the players, it's not the coaches, and then the one week. We go off on the offensive coordinator. The next week, we shuffle some players around, and voila, 
What a difference. Open wide receivers. That was amazing. So we'll get, there's, I mean, there's so much to cover here, but uh, let's talk about some of the great things that happened today. Your Labatt Blue MVP. You don't have to choose just one. This is going to be tough. It's an intimate session, so we can, we can rattle off a few if we have to. I'm just choosing this player because it's really exciting to be able to choose a quarterback. Oh. Like, I think I may have given it Josh Allen earlier in the season, and that was just kind of, you know, based on the potential that I saw. But, damn, Matt Barkley coming out. I mean, on the team, 11 days. They were saying that his um, his wrist thing that has all the plays, they kept it real simple. they just say play number 52. He'd go and find play number 52 on his wristband, and that's what they would do. But it kind of shows that you don't need something – Real, you don't need this, this incredibly sophisticated scheme. They did some pretty. Well, if you if you get to play a team as lousy as the Jets every week, perhaps that's true. Correct, correct. But I mean, throwing the ball downfield, throwing the ball beyond thirty yards downfield. I mean, that was amazing. We looked at each other when uh, Foster made that second catch. The it was second like, one. Duh, that's why you throw the ball. Yeah, and on and on, that was by the way on third and nine. Yeah. So all the times that we lose our minds. When they throw short of the sticks on third and nine, that's precisely why. Because when you throw short of the sticks on third and nine to a guy who's covered, you have no chance. Yeah. When you throw it downfield, you have a chance. You have a better than average chance. He's either going to catch it, he's going to drop it, or it's going to be a pass interference. You are twice as likely to have a positive outcome from throwing it past the sticks as you are not. Anyhow. And what's crazy is what I liked about Barkley is he, both of those passes allowed the player to make the play. Even the in, even the one to Kelvin Benjamin in the end zone. That was he, a hell of a pass. He's just throwing the ball up there and being like, okay, cool, go make a play on the ball. I turned to Jack and said, that's, that's literally what he's here to do. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that would have been a hard play. And I said, I know, but like, when you're 6'5", 240, and you're not fast, and you can't run routes to get yourself open, that's literally all you can do. That's that. This is what you're meant to do. Then I looked at Twitter, and like, boom, 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 boom. There's four tweets right in a row from the Bills media that basically said, that's what he was brought here to do, and he has failed to do it yet again. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, the ball was in his hands. It'd be one thing if it was a, if he was stretching out and it was on the fingertips. But it's he, like, had, he brought the ball into his body, yeah. and then it came out. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure it's going to come up again. At at first, I thought a Jets player had knocked it out, and I was like, oh, no, 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 he He just dropped dropped it. it. Uh, So we talked about a lot of things that had changed. We actually left somebody out, so I'm going to give it to him. Wyatt Teller. Yes. There have been a lot of questions about, like, hey, why isn't Wyatt Teller playing? Why did we draft this guy and he's not active? Well, maybe they had a plan for Wyatt Teller. And, you know... Lest we get too ahead of ourselves, as we tend to do after victories, <laughs> but we have been saying for a while, well, they can't, they can't, it, well, I actually haven't been saying this. Suge says this all the time. They can't evaluate offensive talent. What is it, what evidence is there that they can evaluate offensive talent? What is it they know, they know what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball? Well, maybe they had a plan for Wyatt Teller, and he just wasn't ready. The guy is strong as hell, and today was by far the best the offensive line has looked all year. And he was in there for Vlad Dukas, who granted is a, is a bad football player. But I'm going to give it to him. You know, obviously some honorable mentions. Tremaine Edmonds, of course, looks great out there. The Rook, I think we're starting to take for granted at this point. Uh, the entire defensive secondary had a great game. Matt Milano flying to the ball. A name that you brought up last week and then again today at the bar, Shaq Lawson. Great to see his... A little resurrection here in his career, putting things together. He's, he's not playing like a first-round defensive end, but he's 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 being a solid contributor on on a regular basis, and is not a liability out there. And I think another honorable mention obviously has to go to Lashawn McCoy. Of course, looked like he was having fun out there. Went for over a hundred yards, a couple touchdowns. So it was nice to see him. He sounded like he was. He was having a good time out there. What I did also love to see as soon as he scored that first touchdown, first player on the bench kind of coming over, giving him high fives with Josh Allen. Ooh, I like it that. It was, yep, you could see that they've definitely built some camaraderie and 
it looked good. And well, then, good, because LaShawn's in the 2019 plans. Yes, yes, exactly. And then next to Wyatt Teller, I mean, Deion Dawkins. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, Deion Dawkins with the touchdown and Logan Thomas with the uh, actually a pretty good pass. Great pass, yes. So as they were doing, uh, somebody put out a chart of like the fastest rec- fastest recorded ball velocity at the combine. And, of course, Josh Allen was light years ahead of everybody in the last 10 years. Uh, also high on that list was Logan Thomas. He came into the he came into the league as a quarterback, uh, and that was a good like on time on on the on the money throw. Well executed, you know. Desperate teams run fake punts. Wait, run fake punts and are able to execute it. And then go for it on fourth and one and have two players moving in the backfield. Yeah, the the one guy was which really which brings us oh to God. the fifty four yard Stephen Hauschka field goal. Yeah, so, yeah. A lot, there was a lot of good things that happened today. Exactly. The the one player that I wish we would have seen, knowing that we are seeing a lot of wide receivers out there, is Terrell Pryor. Yeah, he was kind of a zero. He was kind of a zero. They I think they targeted him once or twice. I'm I'm excited to see what potential he has. I'd like to see him get involved in this this scheme and in the offense. So You'd like to see it. Uh, I mean, it, d- it didn't take Matt Barkley long to catch on. No, so. no. God. So, so I, uh, let's just touch on that for a second. I'm sure it's going to come up again when we get some of our correspondents on the line. Uh, is, is Matt Barkley our long-term backup? Are we going to sign him to a four- or five-year deal in the offseason? Compare, compared to all the options that are there, yes. I, I asked you this during the game of, like, what what's going through Josh Allen's head? Like, he's now had Derek Anderson as a veteran trying to give him guidance, Nate Peterman, Matt Barkley. Like, I don't know. It feels like it's kind of like this schizophrenic, like, leadership that's going to be paving the way for Josh Allen. I'd like to see some consistency. And if that's going to be Matt Barkley, then let's just do that. Well, you know, I think that he's not a – Flight risk like Derek Anderson, who's probably going to retire. I, you know, wouldn't wouldn't shock anybody yeah. if he did. I wouldn't shock anybody if Josh McCown re- retires after this year too. I mean, these guys are old. Uh, Peterman, of course, is it, just simply not going to be our backup. I mean, unless they have other plans and try to go get somebody else. I mean, lest we forget, I mean, we got a Bears fan sitting with us here. Uh, Barkley started a bunch of games, yeah. and, and not long ago, and he he averaged like 230 yards a game. I mean, I think that was the year that they were just chucking it up to Brandon Marshall, and yeah, he had a couple big wins for the Bears. I want to say he like led um, led them to a win over Green Bay one year as well. I mean, he had a, similar today. I think he's had some flashes in the pan. We'll see. I mean, we're going into the bye week, and then hopefully a little bit of Josh Allen coming out of that, but. That's true. So one last thing on Matt Barkley, 2013 uh, drafted quarterbacks, E.J. Manuel, Geno Smith, Matt Barkley, and the kid out of Syracuse, Nassib. Is Barkley the only one that's still in the NFL? Yeah, it's got to be. There's probably a guy on that list that we've never heard of who's been like, you know, third string in New England or something forever and, you know, just never gotten off the bench. But those four quarterbacks – I mean, it was it was a lot like last offseason talking about those four quarterbacks. The year we drafted EJ Manuel. Why why is it whenever there's a draft class that just really really sucks in the quarterback, they're like, oh, and the Bills drafted somebody that year. Right, yeah, exactly. It's like we are the quintessential bad quarterback draft class. So hopefully Josh Allen can turn that around for us. Well, we've got some uh, we've got some correspondence here to get on the blower, uh, so let's not uh, let's not fart around anymore. No, I'm, well, I don't think we've been farting. I think it's been yeah. Let's have a good time with them. I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, they should be as pumped uh, up that's as we a good are. Way to put it. Let's let's let them in on the fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sound means it's time for Tacos Calientes. It's Tacos Calientes. Arriba! As we all know, Tacos Calientes is Tex-Mex for hot takes. And here with his Tacos Calientes after today's big win is Jam and Jeff Day down in Austin, Texas. Jeff, how are we doing today? Wow, dare I say that was a, it was a fun fun way to spend a few hours. Uh, or, or, or certainly the first 90 minutes of the game. That was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, we... Um, there was a, we covered a lot of ground already. 
We are very excited for the Matt Barkley era to take off in Buffalo. So, you know, there's 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 plenty of ways you can take this, Jeff. We're, we're all waited with bated breath to see what what uh, what Jam and Jeff Day's perspective on this on this glorious football afternoon was. Yeah, glorious day indeed. Well, I had a few hot takes that I wanted to share. The first of which is today I thought we we really saw the impact on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm going to come back to Matt Barkley in a second. So aside from the quarterback change. Well, I thought we really saw the impact of today was the was the was the impact of speed, both vertically and horizontally. And I'm specifically referring to Robert Foster being brought back onto the active roster, as well as uh, this new addition, McKenzie, uh, who we picked up from the Broncos after the fifth round pick last year, um, who was involved in not only punt returns and kick returns, but also multiple jet sweeps, multiple screen plays. Um, which allowed us to stretch the defense uh, from side to side as well as um, north to south. And, you know, it seems like all of that works together to then open up the run game, et cetera. And you got to make plays. And Robert Foster started the season as a receiver and actually had multiple balls sort of thrown to him deep that he couldn't bring down. Thus, he was, thus he was pushed back to the um, practice squad. Today, capitalized on those those, those um, opportunities and, you know, was our leading receiver and our first 100-yard receiver in over a season. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I thought it was the difference of speed that we saw offensively, again, aside from the quarterback change, that, that had a big impact on today's game. Yeah, and they were talking about that a lot on the pregame. Uh, it seems like such a basic thing to, like, double down on it and really make a point of em- emphasis going into this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, you sort of sometimes you beg the question, like, you know, well, well, duh, um, and you know, why does it take why does it take this long to, to figure that out? And, you know, maybe it's just a question of the players' availability or whatnot. But I thought it was on full display today. Relatedly, one of the things that I took maybe sick pleasure in, which brings me to hot take number two, is that today's forty-one point offensive explosion, if you will. 31 points in the first half was done so without a single yard contributed by our friend Kelvin Benjamin. Yep. Is there an echo in here, Cassie? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and and the one opportunity that he was given, which was a perfectly thrown ball into the end zone that hit both of his hands, and per usual, he could not come down with it. Um, but, you know, it just goes very rarely – I don't. I bet you there's not an example in the NFL of a team scoring 40 plus points with their quote unquote number one receiver, whom we all know Calvin Benjamin isn't at this point anyway, um, not being able, not having one yard, zero reception, zero yard. And that shows that's further evidence of the of his importance or lack thereof on this football team, and why, as we all know, he will not be part of the 2019 and beyond NFL roster. No, no, and as as we talked about last week, as I already mentioned on this episode, what I mean, the the big loser here ultimately is going to be him. That's correct. He will be the ultimate loser of this because he will not get the contract that maybe he believes that he deserves. Um, speaking of wide receivers, that brings me to point number three, which. I will gladly maybe eat a little bit of humble pie here on this on this episode of the pod. Okay. It may be time for me to do it. It may be time for me to issue my formal apology to our other friend on the other side of the field, obviously Kelvin Benjamin, Jay Jones. Yes. And I have been very hard on Jay Jones. Yeah. Jay Jones a Jay Jones hater. I've silently silently sort of been watching his growth this year. Perhaps waiting for the right time to to uh, call myself out. And after his performance today, which was his career best in both receptions and reception yards, and I'm glad to see that he got one touchdown. He almost had two. Um, I officially sort of apologized to Zay Jones, and I think, and I underscore and bold think, that he could be. Uh, an ongoing, valuable contributor to this offense, albeit albeit certainly not a number one wide receiver, but could be a valuable contributor to this offense as a whole. 
So there you go. There you go, guys. I said it. Wow, that's a hot take. There's definitely an, an echo from like my pod performance like three weeks ago. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, it took Jeff a little bit while to get on this bandwagon, and Jeff, you know, relative to that, we, I, you know, I guess in some way we ate a little humble pie too because, you know, we have been doing this podcast since 2009 and have vehemently opposed blaming the offensive coordinator for offensive woes so long as we've had terrible quarterbacks playing for the Bills. And, you know, unless unless a different Brian Dable shows up one week to the next, uh, it was pretty obvious that when you have a wide, or a quarterback who knows what he's doing in Matt Barkley, Matt fucking Barkley, I mean, it's not like it's not like we brought out Aaron Rodgers. We brought out Matt Barkley, and yet the offense looked immeasurably better today. It looked, and you know, that was going to sort of be the, the uh, so you sort of wrap this thing up with a bow for my segment, which is bringing me back to Matt Barkley, you know, and <clears throat> I guess not so much as a hot take as just sort of uh, an acknowledgement of what a job well done by him. Just from an individual contributor standpoint, a guy who's one in five as a career starter in the NFL, joins this team two weeks ago, works his butt off to c- come prepared, and steps in with with low expectations um, and delivers an outstanding performance and seemed um, shockingly unnerved by the entire thing. Um, And the best thing that he did, and, you know, I hope that it's probably the, I think the first play call of the game would seem to indicate that the coaches, that the, one of the smart things that the coach staff, coaching staff also did is had this guy, air it out and sling it and throw the ball downfield and open the game plan up a bit. Um, and it worked, you know, and he completed a couple long passes to Robert Foster and to Zay Jones. Um, and it opened up the rest of the game plan. And as we have seen these things snowball for us, sometimes on the opposite side, you know, we were finally on the right side of things here where, you know, things snowballed for the Jets. And, you know, by the end of the first quarter into the second, the game was largely uh, out of control for them. So it's funny in sports how that happens, right? How the first play of the game set the tone for the rest of the afternoon. Do we think it would have gone differently if Robert Foster would have biffed that catch? And we all would have just been I- like, this fucking team, Jesus. I, I very well may have because you could, you know, first, so then you know, that if he biffs that catch, it's second and 10, then we probably run the ball for, you know, a yard and a half. Now it's third and nine. Who knows what that drive looks like? Right. You know? Looks like a three and out. Looks like the one Who that knows? came right after it, I imagine. And I can only imagine that, especially as a backup quarterback and one that has not been on an NFL roster this year, that the, the, um, the amount of sort of like early success you have in a ball game and therefore the amount of confidence that you're playing with is arguably the most important or the biggest lever on how you're going to play for the remaining three quarters. Yeah. You know, I mean, if somebody like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady comes out after one quarter and doesn't play well, well, they have a 15-year career that gives them confidence that they forget it and move on. You know, these guys like Peterman and Barkley, et cetera, these guys are playing. These guys' confidence is changing play by play, minute to minute. Um, and so I thought it was incredibly important that we start that off that way. And then Barkley's playing with, you know, this sort of this swagger that he may or may not have been able to play with thereafter. Yeah, I think that's yeah, I, I think that's an important way to look at it. The, one one thing about Nate Peterman that I, I just want to touch on here, because it's been hard to sift through the Nate Peterman noise for the last you know week and a half or so. I think relative to what we just talked about, Jeff. The thing that made Nate Peterman watchable, the thing that made him successful, you know, in very small bits, was, like, his command. You know, we talked about that ball comes out fast. He's decisive. And I think that, you know, he he obviously doesn't have the physical tools to back that up, but he was smart enough, it seemed, in some cases, to be able to offset that a little bit. But... After what he's been through, I think what we saw last week against Chicago was a broken man. It was the opposite of what we saw today from Matt Barkley. And when you've got a guy with a limited skill set like Nate Peterman who doesn't have that swagger and that decisiveness and the ball is not coming out, you've got nothing. 
And as the more I thought about it last week, I, I, I have to believe we're going to part ways with this guy, maybe bring him back on the practice squad, if for no other reason, because he is a broken man and he is not mentally capable of being put back into an NFL game for another two years. He's, he's certainly not capable. And I think that coming out, when we come back after the bye week, one has to assume that the three quarterbacks on this roster will be Josh Allen, Matt Barkley, and Derek Anderson. Do you think we keep um, Derek Anderson? Yeah, I, I think maybe we could just go down to two. You know, I mean, that might be a week-to-week thing. I don't know. My my hunch is, if I, was, if I was a betting man, I would say yes, that we will keep all three. It sounds like that they've really liked the mentoring role that Derek Anderson is playing for for, uh, for Josh Allen. Now, you could argue, could Matt Barclay play that same role? Maybe. I don't know. You know, the coaches will determine that. So, I guess, I mean, we, we talked about it before. Is Matt Barkley now our backup quarterback? I mean, he looked better than Derek Anderson. <laughs> he certainly did. I mean, gosh, you know, it's, who knows? I don't know the answer to that. It's hard in, in a results-driven business. I don't know how, you, you know, Derek Anderson had a couple shots at it. Matt Barkley had one shot at it here, albeit against inferior competition. But, you know, how do you take him? If, if Josh Allen is not ready to go when we face um, whoever it is that we're playing after the bye, the Jaguars, I think. Jacksonville. Whoever, oh, if, if Josh Allen is not ready to play, I don't know how you could play Derek Anderson over Matt Barkley. Right, right. And, you know, you know, we, uh, it's it's kind of a shame that we're going into the bye week because as we're having this swagger and confidence conversation right now, you know, there are 10 other guys out there who probably had a lot of fun today and haven't had a lot of fun yet this year, and they're going to want to play with Matt Barkley, and it's a shame that we have to put an extra week in between their next opportunity to do so. And I, I think I mean, for Rick Dermott, it probably takes a lot of pressure off of him of making Josh Allen ready. You know, forcing him to come out maybe sooner than they may all have confidence in him coming. So I, I do like that Barkley now, if he starts against Jacksonville, the fans, everybody will, will gladly support that and won't be hankering for Josh Allen and questioning why Josh Allen isn't coming back out and play. It gives them the time to make sure that when Josh Allen comes back, he's ready. I mean, how's, how's I think that's exactly right. How's this I mean, for a solution? Could, you, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I mean... Heading into 2019, Josh Allen's the man, Matt Barkley's the backup, and Derek Anderson's like a special assistant coach. He can still he can still be there, but like, and you know, he's an emergency quarterback. You know, he's inactive, but you know, he's not really on the roster. That it's between it's between Barkley and Allen. I mean, I will tell you, and I and I think that you guys would agree. Although, welcome welcome it if you don't. I would have no problem if. Matt Barkley is the quarterback for the rest of the season. Again, regardless really of how he performs, and and Josh Allen sits and continues to learn with the plan being that he'll be the starter next year. I would have no problem with that. I, I, no, yeah, I got to see some reps. <laughs> I, he's got to get on the field. He's he's got to get oh, some game J- game time I, action for and, Allen. And also, you know, jo- Jeff. I mean, like. Yeah, it was a pretty good game that Matt Barkley had. Like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Like, we're getting a little giddy watching adequate quarterback play. You're like, yeah, we, we, he should. Let's go into training camp. Let's you know, open quarterback competition 2019. Matt Barkley's in the mix. You know, like, let's pump the brakes a little bit here. Um, Guys, I forgot I forgot what it's like to, to feel good. To score points? I'm, I'm giddy. I'm excited. Yeah, well. Yeah, just to score points. That's no, right. Though we couldn't break 300 yards by our quarterback, so. Well, we weren't yeah. really trying in the yeah, second I know. half. You know? Nah, we weren't trying. The Deion Dawkins play made me very particularly happy. That was fun. Between the Deion Dawkins play and the fake punt, yep. as we've already said, like, it was just a fun game. It was. It hard- and I love seeing the jet sweeps. I love seeing some screens to a wide receiver. You know, the, the fake punt was a big play, sort of a statement play. You love seeing the Deion Dawkins play. I mean, you know, you got it, it, what's, what's remarkable to me is I was expecting a fairly vanilla game plan for a guy who's been in the building for two weeks. And they they really brought out, they went deep into the playbook on that, and, and that I think probably took the Jets maybe off guard a bit. Um, and again, to me that is a kudos to, um, you know, the job obviously that Barkley did in the two weeks that he was here to learn all that stuff as well. What, what I think is interesting when I was watching Barkley was – he went to his first wide receiver. I, di- I didn't see him kind of like checking down very often or kind of yeah. looking for multiple 
Well, the the one play where play. he almost threw a pick. Yeah. He should have checked down. It, it was like he was trying to go downfield all game. Yeah. But I, I feel like he had his one option, and just for today, all of those first options were there and open, and it, he really didn't have to go to a secondary option or run or scramble or do any a lot of that. So. I mean, I, I, I throw out the thing about him being backup quarterback in 2019. It'll be his seventh year in the league. I mean, he's not like a young guy. I mean, the guy's been around for, you know, long enough to know what's going on. Jeff, what were yeah. you drinking down there in Austin today? A sober Sunday for me. Okay. Um, I had a, I had a fruit smoothie during the game. Maybe I should maybe I should drink sober on Sundays more often if this is the result we get. Please, what, um, ki- what kind of what kind of fruits? Anything good? Anything exotic? Oh, this was back bananas and blueberries and yeah, nothing too exotic. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, pretty standard. Well, hey, pretty standard. Uh, bye week next week. Uh, so two weeks from now uh, against. And the I'll Jets. be at the game two weeks from now. Is it? Game in Buffalo uh, following Thanksgiving, so I will be there reporting live. Oh, it is following Thanksgiving. Okay, Cass, are you going to be in town? Um, no, I'll be in Rome, Italy. Okay, so I will. I will not be available. So I will have to take the rig and hope that Suge will be here that Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Well, Love Jeff. It. Until then, uh, go Bills. Enjoy the week. We'll enjoy this two-week victory. I love it. Woo. Go Bills, guys. Go Bills. Take care. Don't Well, he's running through an airport trying to trim some of his fat, but uh, <laughs> something like that. Something get the like, security guy. So I guess the security slows him down. But in the meantime, he's going to tell us what fat he's trimming on these Buffalo Bills. Sujit, all the way out in San Francisco today. Were you at another fat conference? Uh, this time, I was at just a straight-up liver conference. Ah. So uh, yeah, but but while I was there, I did learn a lot about. Uh, realize that there's a couple of liver doctors that are out there that actually want to trim the fat the same way I do. So I'm going to join those ranks. But anyways, the you know, there's there was a lot of fat, but a lot of good fat, right? We always talk about the good fat and the bad fat. We talk about the olive oil and the nuts and all those good Mediterranean diet fats. That's what the Buffalo Bills were filled with today. You had some beautiful fat from Jerry Hughes. You had some beautiful fat from Jack Lawson, who seems to be coming into his own this season. Uh, and, and, and I'm loving it, right? So sometimes when we talk about trimming the fat, we just talk about trimming the bad stuff. And I think that the bad fat that we need to get rid of is the stank, is the stank that lives on these Buffalo Bills that makes us think that they can't do anything. Now, I know we played a really bad team. Uh, I know that the Jets are horrible, and they didn't even have the one good person that's on their team uh, with, with their rookie QB. But I do think that... Uh, what we saw today is that with somewhat competent QB play, we can be a good team. Now, yeah. are we going to beat the best team? No. Are we going to Are we going to be beating the Patriots who lost to the Titans today? Probably not. Um, are we going to be Are we going to be like the Rams? Probably not. But we can at least not be embarrassing, right? Well, I feel like um, we, we've been saying that this is the fifth straight season we've been saying that about this team is that with just competent quarterback play we'd be a competitive team. And five seasons ago with Kyle, with Kyle Orton, we got that competent play, and we went 9-7. and seven. Right, exactly. And, I mean, gosh, the fact that this team made the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor, despite itself, right, uh, really really speaks volumes. And so, I mean, Matt Barkley, whatever. You know, people haven't had uh, film on him in quite some time. Uh, you know, I was actually loving the fact that uh, we were, uh, you know, watching Josh McCown versus Matt Barkley, both of which are former jettisons from the Chicago Bears, right? They were both, I think they were on the Bears together at the same time, and the Bears, the Bears of all people decided that those guys sucked enough that they should get rid of them. Um, and here they are, you know, like so many other Bears off-cast uh, on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but, you know, I think, I, I think it's, you know, Matt Barkley's not a horrible quarterback. He, he's not going to be your long-term answer, but he was able to game manage, right? He was able to let Shady be Shady. He was able to let Marcus Murphy do his thing. Um, and I, I, I actually, the one thing that I really want to uh, point out is how well the offensive line played. Um, yeah. I don't think, I think that, you know, he got sacked once. Um, and, but, late, you know, late I, in the game. I, right. And again, I think that the, the most important thing that we're seeing here is Josh Allen actually getting to see someone play the quarterback position. Um, seeing what happens when you just sling the ball downfield, right, to Robert Foster, um, even though he's was not open or, 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 or it was a bad throw. You know, good things happen when you throw downfield. 
um, and that it's okay, you know. And so um, I think that, you know, Matt Brockley's a person that probably doesn't have the talent, but is just able to see it and able to throw the ball um, and has been around long enough, unlike Nate Peterman, where he, he's, he knows how to be smart. And so all of this stuff is really good um, training, I think, for Josh Allen. The question is, now that if, if this continues, right, so let's say we get average quarterback play, which, by the way, uh, I just as an aside, um, Matt Barkley's rating was like 108 or 117 or something like that. Logan Thomas, with one pass, has a, a, a QB rating of 118. That's one point higher. So <laughs> I, found that, I found that amusing. But the, uh, the question is that what do we do now moving forward? So do we just let Josh Allen sit and lose the games we're going to lose and let him just kind of learn behind some veteran, veteran talent? Or do we bring him right back out there and throw him into the fire? Well, that's exactly what we just talked about with Jeff. And I think that's probably what everybody's going to be talking about for the next two weeks coming out of the bye. And, and who's I mean, going to be the backup next achieve, year? Right? What's that? Right. What, what are we trying to achieve this season? We're not trying to make the playoffs, right? If anything, we're just hurting ourselves. So why don't we just let our, 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 our future franchise QB develop over time, learn, you know, not let the game slow down for him rather than throw him into the fire. I mean, let's get a little bit of a Patrick Mahomes effect here where you get to sit behind a couple of veterans and learn something. Yeah, uh, but and then when there's when there's talent around him, then throw him into the fire. You know? the, I don't know. I don't know the right answer. But the question is, I think with Mahomes, there's a big difference between Matt Barkley and Alex Smith. Number yeah. one. And number two, I don't know. I feel like the way Josh Allen is as a player that I, I agree, we want him put, to put him in the game at the right point. But I think getting reps and getting exposure in an actual game is more beneficial to him and how he will improve as a player. That's yeah, my, so maybe, my opinion maybe, on why I think is best no, for him. No, I think that makes sense. Then maybe the question is, is that the game won't slow down until he sees it in front of his eyes, not on, on film, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and so that maybe the ref is exactly what he needs. Um, but, yeah, I do think that he, he, he definitely is a better quarterback because he got to sit for a little bit. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Dable said the same thing, that he seemed like, his ability to understand an offense, his ability to run an offense or, or see it, see a defense uh, has improved tremendously with him being on the bench. Well, um, lest, lest we forget, Josh Allen also made significant improvements to his mechanics, but he's also not there yet either. I mean, there's a lot of work this guy has to do on the practice field that uh, he would benefit from getting and just, like you said, learning to understand the game without having to actually go out there and be subject to the bullets. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I, that's why. This is why we don't get paid to, to make those hard decisions. And frankly, I'm not sure that our uh, our current staff has proven their ability to make those decisions either. Considering that we had Nathan Peterman as our only other backup when we had our like prize quarterback, uh, prize franchise quarterback in the mix. So uh, well, but and, let's and see. What, let's the see frustrating part about that is, Sujit, is that both Derek Anderson and Matt Barkley were available at the beginning of the season. And yep. during, during the offseason, when we brought in A.J. McCarron, who we thought a fifth-rounder was good enough to get rid of somebody with his talent. Oh, I, didn't you think that A.J. McCarron was a great idea? I thought he was a great idea. Even if he doesn't play, he's the I, I would have thought that Derek Anderson and Matt Barkley would have been a better idea. Both guys have been in the league longer. Both have played way more games. Both, both I think, would have been a better option than A.J. McCarron. Either way, getting rid of A.J. McCarron was not the answer. No. I, I think the difference there is that, like, there's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. And right. A.J. McCarron being hit on the bench and getting to play in, like, one playoff game, like, there was a lot of mystique around him about what he could be, whereas players like Derek Anderson and Matt you Barkley, know what you're you know yeah. what you're getting. And, and like, they, they, I think they wanted to take a flyer. I think, you know, we, we mentioned it already, Suge. I know you've been very critical of how they've built the offense or, you know, at least raised or the question. Or didn't build the offense. Or, or raised the question, do they know how to build an offense? But the truth is it seems like more often than not, like, they didn't. They didn't have a process for the offense, but were making moves to improve things. But every move they made, they were they were taking a flyer between Jordan yep. Matthews, Anquan Bolden, Jeremy Curley, um, fucking Corey Coleman. Now with Terrell Pryor, all, all those are just wide receivers. Uh, but I think AJ McCarron falls into that category now too. So. It seems like while they were trying to build up and, and, and build a foundation, now this is me giving them the benefit of the doubt to the to like to the to max degree, while they were putting yeah. together a foundational defense, which I think anybody with their right mind would agree that they have. 
They don't have no, any, anybody on that defense that's coming up on a contract year anytime soon. While they while they 100% built a defense that we can rely on for the next three seasons, they didn't. They weren't executing a concerted plan on offense. Now, supposedly, the rub is that like that plan now is with now that they have Josh Allen, they're go, they're going to apply the same thinking to the offensive side of the ball. And yeah, well, just prove it, right? You know, prove it, right? Fix that. Fix it. Just fix it. But the the player that we highlighted today that may be indicative of that plan of that long term, like well. You know, we know how to develop players, and we'll put them in when the time is right. I think was is that is that not what we're seeing right now in Wyatt Teller? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. no. I mean, I think that, I think that's fair. Their free agency acquisitions have been horrible. No, uh, their free they've agency acquisitions—they've all been like, "Hey, let's let's hey, let's see if we can like catch lightning in a jar let's here." Kick the tires, right? And, yeah, and none of it has worked out. So, in in addition to it, like you know, maybe that's not a great plan. Maybe they already know that. Playing in the background is the fact that. Cassie's just watching Instagram videos at this point. Playing in the yep. background to all of that is the fact that everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Has gone wrong, right. And right. Every, the every, line fell apart, yeah. Every flyer that they tried to take failed. What were you yeah. drinking out there in San Francisco today, Suji? Uh, you know, I was just, I, it was, I, uh, the game started at 10 o'clock in the morning, okay? So it's not natural to start drinking before noon. But I, you know, I, I powered through after uh, a late evening last night at the conference. I uh, had myself a nice solid Labatt Blue, uh, and that's what I stuck with. One the time there. Met, solid met Labatt nice, Blue. The, the San Francisco Bills backers are some good people. They have no food. Uh, it's a little Delilah's that way, but uh, very, very friendly, which is not very Delilah's. Um, <laughs> and very, very nice. I met some Chicago people, met them from all over the place. So uh, good spot. It's great. It's looking over the beautiful bay. Um, and uh, it, right, 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 this corner dive bar on the, in, in, the, in the midst of Chinatown. So uh, they were all good people. That they, you know, like we used to. The question to do back was, the what were you back in the today? day? Oh, I said Labatt Blue. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just. I know. I'm crank. just giving them some. I'm giving them some love since they were so friendly. Giving them a lot of love. Uh, so I'm absolutely. actually curious if you're a Delilah's uh, Bills watcher and listening to this podcast, let us know. Send us a tweet. I'd love to know who's out there. Yeah, oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. All right, I better get through security, so if I don't miss my flight, my wife will beat me. Yeah, but, good luck uh, with that. Uh, good stuff, good win. Go Bills. Go Bills, buddy. We'll see you in two weeks. All right, see you. Bye. Hey, Cass. Hey, Lars. You know, watching football is fun. It is. Great time today. But it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Action is lingo for bets. For dollar bills. Guys, you've heard me and Cass and Suge talking about my bookie for weeks. So why the hell are you still on the sidelines? Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. Head on over to mybookie.ag and you will get a 50% deposit bonus. Deposit bonus, deposit bonus, deposit bonus, 50% deposit bonus when you use that promo code BEERS. Also, make sure to follow at MyBookie on Twitter. They respond to every mention and DM. So uh, if you've got questions about how to get your money out or, you know, the best betting lines, I'm sure they won't give them to you, uh, but you should reach out if you're lonely. They'll, they'll ping you right back. Uh, so don't miss a chance to bet on this week's sports cast. I heard you had a good week. I had a great week. Uh, about three minutes before game time, I was like, "Crap, I gotta put some bets down." And I, 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 I'm actually pretty proud of these gambles. I uh, picked Arizona to cover 17-point spread because earlier this year the Bills were the largest spread of the season, and that was BS. And so you know what? I supported Arizona and the fact that spread shouldn't go up to 17 points. So I took Arizona, and then I took Green, um, to New Orleans. I got all of my money back. I'm climbing up the ranks. And Sue just trimming fat while you're just getting fatter. Yeah, exactly. My pocketbook is just getting fatter. And you can get fat. Just use that promo code BEERS over at myboogie.ag. You bet you win, you get paid. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card. So Jeff and I both sober this Sunday. Cass, you were pounding some brews. What were you drinking today? Um, I had a Bloody Mary to start out this morning. That was delicious. And then uh, Lake Effect Snow. Uh, it's like a whip beer. Um, really, really good. Nice, clean. A little bit of fruit on it. Um, great drinking beer. Thoroughly enjoyed it. 
check it out from Great Ale- Great Great Lakes Brewery. Great Lakes Brewery. We've talked about them on this podcast before. So, as we mentioned before, could be uh, could be quitting time for Todd Bowles. Actually, actually, before we get into this, uh, let me just say. Um, the, I want to give some love to our fellow podcasters out there. Uh, we've got a great relationship on Twitter, and uh, we we stay in touch with some of them. I think I'm going to be on the Rock Pile Report this Wednesday. Um, love yucking it up online and on Twitter with um, maybe next year, Buffalo Bills, maybe next year. That's actually I, – I, I love you guys at the Rock Pile Report. Um, thanks for having me on. But for my money, I really enjoy Buffalo Bills maybe next year. And if you're not already listening to it, let me give them a quick plug. Uh, one of their best segments that I om- like, I thought about stealing, but I would never do that to our co-listeners. Um, they do This Day in Bill's Headlines. Oh, yeah. They, uh, there's a Cubs broadcast that does the same thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, lo- it's a lot of fun. Uh, so head on over there and, and give them a couple downloads. I, I think if you like this podcast, you'll surely like theirs as well. Uh, uh, same is true for Numb Bills fans. There's a lot of other people out there, too. Just want to give love because, you know, it ain't easy committing to a podcast for this team. Games like today make it make, worth it. Make, make it worth it. Yeah. Make it a little easier. And honestly, when we when we get really nice things, nice feedback from people who listen to the show online, it makes it all worth it. That said, Cass, if you're going to turn some people on in Indy to our podcast, uh, also tell them if they don't like it, don't <laughs> leave us a shitty review on iTunes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what he was expecting from a Buffalo Bills podcast. The, the show fact- is called Bills and Beers, not yeah. not Bills fans talk quietly in a library while sipping tea, okay? Yeah, yeah, with no curse words or profanity. I mean, we are Bills fans after all. And it is marked obscene <laughs> on iTunes, okay? So if you're listening to this and you're like, who would say that about them on iTunes? Yeah, it matters. It actually impacts how, how like our search ranking. So if you're listening to this, and you want to, you know, give us a good review to weigh out some of the bogus ones we've gotten recently about, oh, these guys don't really know what they're talking about. No shit. Yeah, we're not professionals. We have day jobs. We're in a bar on a Sunday afternoon. Anyhow, uh, Todd Bowles could be uh, on his way out the door in New York. And Jeff and I both made the same observation today. And I've made it before, which is... You could probably splice together all of the footage of Todd Bowles on <laughs> on the sideline and make it a supercut, and you would not know one game from the next other than his outfit changes because he doesn't change his expression, he doesn't move his mouth, he hardly blinks his eyes, he doesn't speak. It would drive me insane. It would drive me nuts, too. It was like Dick Duran. Dick Duran was kind of the same. Just kind of stood there. Just kind of stood there. Skeletor. Like, yeah. come on, give me something. So the question is... Well, is he really this way? I mean, he's obviously coaching and communicating at some point in time. Uh, we just never see it. So do we just have the wrong impression of him? I mean, we'd be justified in having in that wrong impression. But, you know, maybe that's not who he is. Maybe he's a, a very gregarious man. Maybe he is a, a, a leader of men that, you know, just doesn't show. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's hard to shut up sometimes. Maybe he just keeps talking. And <laughs> maybe he does the old Sujit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the question is, Cass, and, and with your husband sitting next to you, you're welcome to talk about your mother-in-law, if you please. Who has the wrong impression of you and why? I've, I'm, I'm not going to narrow it down. I'm going to say more of just the in-laws as a collective group. And it might have to do with the fact that I do do a podcast called Bill's and beers. It might have to do with the fact that, you know, we like to go out on the weekends. And when we go out on the weekends, usually that's when you use social media. Or at least I do. Because that my life gets a little bit more interesting. And at that those times, I may be consuming alcohol. Uh-huh. I legitimately think that they think that I am like a borderline <laughs> alcoholic. <laughs> that all we do is go out and party and drink. Okay, yeah, we, we ha- I have a great time. I'm sorry. I don't have kids. You know, I, you know, hang out, have a good time. I party. I, you know, go to bars, adult establishments. So I think that the impression that they have of me is that, like, I should be in a 12-step program. Um, but I'm not. I'm, I'm a great person. I've got a lot of hobbies. I've got a lot of interests. The bills just happen to be one of the interests that I have that go along with drinking beer. Yeah, well, yeah, if they watch the bills, they'd understand why. You know, um, but I do a lot of other things that I just don't capture on social media. So I'm like, maybe now, like, when I'm 
sitting on my couch, like reading or watching TV, I should probably Instagram that so I like look like a more well-rounded individual. Um, but that sounds boring, so I'm not going to do that. When I was a child, uh, annually, uh, uh, sometime in October, my parents would get a call from my teachers um, saying that uh, I was doing really well, but like Lars needs to just kind of like sit down, shut up, and like stop trying to make friends all the time. <laughs> because I was a goofy kid. Like I liked to laugh, I liked to make jokes, I was really silly all the time. And I feel like that's me, but I also feel like most people think that I'm a very serious person. And that is especially true at work. Uh, my role on the the account that I'm on as the issues person, I was literally introduced last week as the in-house party pooper because oh. because that's that's quite literally my job is to sit in a meeting and tell everybody why their ideas are going to go terribly wrong and why and all the ways this exposes us to bad press yeah, and, all, risk, the, and yeah. all the risk. Like that's my job. So I think like people like have this impression of me that I'm like super serious, super dark. And I don't know how to explain them. Like, that's not the case. Like, at any given time, I have 10 jokes running through my head that I'm just not, like, in a good position professionally to share publicly. Like, that's just really not who I am. Lars is then sitting over in the corner, like, chuckling to himself, which just, like, keeps the notion going that he's, you know, a very weird, weird person. <laughs> yeah, I think they think I'm weird, too. But, um, oh, hey, what just happened there? Hey, Mike just kind of kicked on. Oh, you you leaned on the thing. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> All these knobs. Uh, <laughs> so, Jay, uh, we need you back. No, but yeah, as, as I say to Cass, I'm, I'm not a serious person. I'm sure all Cass can think about is second half timeouts and running the ball <laughs> yeah, in second yeah, 10. Yeah, just yeah, second just how ten. not serious I am. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't, you don't want to be thought of the clown, but I, I honestly think that at any given time, I'm, I'm easily the, cl the clowniest person in the room. I might trade you, though. I think I'd rather be considered more serious than an alcoholic. So <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I think you're uh, definitely winning on that one. All right. Here we go. Here to here first. I'm winning. So two-week break. Uh, we'll be back after Thanksgiving. We didn't get uh, verbal confirmation here from Sujit that he'll be... He'll be with us all. I'll be the keeper of the rig, and maybe I'll just be calling everybody in and recording by myself in the booth over there. Uh, but, yeah, so big win. We've got the Jags coming up. Uh, Lord knows who's the quarterback. Uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Again, thanks so much for being with us. Find us online. Search for Bills and Beers on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all those fun places. And uh, we'll be back. We'll yeah. be back with an episode. I enjoy the long weekend. At least next week I will not be – challenge to to pick or to uh bet on the bills right which which is usually what happens i i say oh i'm not going to bet emotionally and then we have a big win and then i bet emotionally so i'm really excited next week i won't won't be challenged to do that it's just that big alcohol saturated heart of yours yep right well i'm going to rome so guess what i will be drinking some El wine vino will flow okay folks we heard it here first uh we'll try to skype you in from ryan that or ryan yeah, yeah. that'll be fun yeah uh, be good. but until then uh go bills go bills Make me wanna Shout.